0: It is indeed uh, the art of everything with myself, Bridget my singer on this Friday night, and we are about to get into a conversation that casts an eye on the rights, responsibilities, and liabilities when it comes to copyright infringement, particularly within the literature space. On the back of a conversation that was sparked on social media, I've got, by the way, in studio the president of uh, the South Africa, well, the South African Booksellers Association, uh, Melvin Cowboy, joins me here and on. On the telephone, we've got Sabata and Paul McGai, who is the author um, whose works were photocopied by the department. Uh, Sabata, good evening to you. How are you?
1: Good evening, my sister. Um, I am feeling much better now than earlier in the week. Yes. So and and I am in Kaburoni. So I the, the travelling uh, has done some therapy. No. Nah. Yeah, you no, know, it helped a bit. Yeah, I mean, so if much better
0: I would be enraged, I, you know, and I think that was generally the broad sentiment on Twitter when this yes. news came to light, because this is not something. It's not. It wasn't an isolated incident. Uh, It wasn't something that was just done to you on the back of that conversation Mm. that we caught wind on on Twitter. It also happened to another young author, Muhali Mashiko, who also jumped on the same thread and said, wait a minute, I had to walk my dog in order to decompress from my stress because I just heard that my works were photocopied by an entire department of uh, sport, arts and culture. I mean, how, how does one even... How do you even sort of process that as an author whose works are readily available for, for purchase, for, you know, re, republishing, where I'm easily reachable even if you want to just come to me direct? How do you process when you hear that the very department that's supposed to be entrusted mm-hmm. with safeguarding your liberties um, yeah. s- somehow is infringed?
1: Yeah, yeah it, I mean, it is really difficult, you know. Um, in this case, uh, I mean, Kimberley is not a very big city. Mm. It has a population of 300,000. So it's not a large city. Everybody knows everybody.
2: Mm.
1: The officials of the Department of Sport, Art, and Culture know me very well. Mm. They even drive to my house. They can call me after hours. They know that the book is available at a bookstore that is within minutes from their offices. Mm. And, uh, you know, there are things that I would do uh, without even saying to them, uh, you got to pay me. I would uh, do master classes for aspiring writers Mm. and say, just make sure that they are there. Mm. Uh, I will come, Uh, you don't have to pay for my time. And, and so forth. So it was very difficult. I thought of the process, mm. the journey of writing that book, and I explained it to them. Um, I, I, when I wrote the book, I was a writer in residence at the University of Iowa mm. in
2: 2014.
1: And I said, That residency was funded by the American taxpayer Mm. to the equivalent of 240,000 rand. Mm. That is one thing. After that, I spent four years rewriting, revising, basically working hard on making that novel, what it is today. The one that is now being taught at university, one Mm. hour, somebody getting his master's degree Mm. for it and so forth. Just for somebody to take it and put it through a photocopier machine that's mm. that's that it's hard i had never seen any book that i've written i've never seen a photocopy of any of my works before i've never ever even during production stages with different publishers have published me, mm. they would send a proper proof and say read look for mistakes mm. they would not even send a PDF, they would send a proof by couriers.
2: Mm.
1: And, and I was seeing a photocopy of my work for the very first time. The first day I was really defeated. Um, I mean, it was Monday afternoon when a book club member mm. called me and said, uh, Please be aware that you're going to receive an email. We have decided to copy you in an email.
2: Mm. We
1: have received a package of books from Department of Arts and Culture because mm-hmm. we're going to represent the Northern Cape at fundam Mzansi uh, Championships in the Western Cape. Mm-hmm. And we have been given a, a photocopy of your novel. We think that it is not right. Uh, we don't want to be party to the violation of the copyright. But also, uh, you are known very well in our province uh, there is no way that members of the book club will not meet you will not be able to look into the eye yes uh, if we have done this and and from then it, it has just been difficult uh, emotions have been from sadness to extreme anger to just Feeling defeated.
0: Mm, mm, mm.
1: Yeah,
0: and I mean, and now that you you know you've given us uh, you know proper broad context, it's even more perplexing (laughs) to me because there is a very personal relationship here between you and the Department of the Northern Cape, uh, easily accessible and reachable towards them. So it then boggles the mind as to why then, if you can reach out and have me come facilitate workshops and things as a noted author, as a scholar and academic, Mm -hmm. uh, as somebody you clearly hold in regard and respect, uh, why then would you suddenly somehow miscellaneously lose my contact details When it's and we're not talking, you know, tens and thousands of copies here, but we talk. It's still significant in the sense that it's the disrespect and 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 the dishonesty of it all.
1: I mean, you know, uh, Bridget. Um, on on Wednesday night, uh, after a television interview uh, at ten p.m., the premier called me, and. You know, he said, "My brother, I'm very sorry. Mm. I, I, I'm sad. I understand how you're feeling and And that's what I expected actually from the people I was very close with, mm. officials of the department to make that phone call because the Department of Sport, Arts and Culture, or any department for me or any institution, is not just concrete buildings with policies and so on.
2: Mm-hmm. It is
1: made up of human beings with sets of values. Each one of them a set of values. Mm-hmm. So it boils down to human beings treating others decently mm-hmm. with the respect and the dignity they deserve. As mm-hmm. they, so this morning we had a meeting with them uh, where they were apologizing uh, for the first time. Mm-hmm. It took them so many days, though. And I said to them, all I expected of you guys, first and foremost, was just to be decently human. Mm. You know this guy very well. You know he is hurt. You can call me and say the department will issue a statement, but I just want to say to you in my personal capacity or as somebody who knows very well, how you are feeling and mm. i'm working for this department i've worked with you i want to say to you i'm sorry mm. the silence the dead silence for a couple of days mm. until the premier called me they had not made contact with me mm.
2: they
1: made contact with me after the premier they called me after 10 p.m on wednesday
2: mm. Mm. you mm. know
1: and And also, I mean, had the book club not informed me, they would have continued to work with me as if everything is fine, Mm. having violated something as sacrosan as copyright.
2: At the center
1: of every artwork is ownership of that artwork.
2: Mm. It's
1: very sacred. And, And with us, I mean, our work is, is part of us. I feel like a spear went through my ribs.
0: Askees, Askees, And and as we, we segue into copyright, we've got uh, Melvin, uh, who's uh, in studio, who's the president of the SA Booksellers Association. Um, and you were part of this conversation on Twitter uh, when when it hap- happened, Melvin. And, and you were telling me that, um, you know, the government is, uh, well, the department, let me put it that way, the, the department on a national level is currently working with is currently working with a task team to to actually address copyright issues um but this happens under all that watch
3: yes uh thanks bridget um well thank you to the listeners that are that are listening mm. uh okay and uh, <laughs> yeah um prof uh, sabata thank you very much for uh giving the background um you know we we genuinely appreciate you in 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 terms of the work that you've done especially in Setswana, to make that a language which um is given the the prominence that it deserves especially um in in the current situation where we are we're trying to get more books out there in indigenous languages it is the decade of indigenous languages for for unesco and um, in terms of that um, definitely apologies are in order we you know this this copyright uh, situation sorry just correct you Bridget i'm oh. i'm i'm president uh, i was president for 2 years and then i'm vice president and then i'm on the exco now
0: aha <laughs> okay
3: okay <laughs> and then i was recently appointed to the book policy task team so okay. so that, uh, the the task, team, task team's work essentially is to obviously uh, create a happy medium between the 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 interests of the Supply chain and the the value chain in books, mm. um, because we now have um, imperatives in terms of the gross domestic product of South Africa, right? Mm. So we we've been seen to be underperforming our counterparts in terms of what we produce in terms of the cultural industries. So so that policy that needs to come about from this task team advising the minister is is essentially required to drive that process and to give context to what Prof is talking about, which is that authors need to be remunerated um, in terms of the value that they're adding to the creative space. Um, But beyond that, also performers like yourself, like art actors and um, people that are involved in film production, animation, anything that is content that originates in South Africa needs to be protected Mm. internationally, um, but more so respected locally. Mm. And this is where I think the disjuncture happened uh, in the Northern Cape is that we we did not respect that copyright. And I'm glad that, Mm. you know, apologies have actually come through.
0: But apologies are not enough, though. As much as now, now that I know, because Melvin was very quick, Prof. Let me, let me, let me, let me throw him under the bus. Uh, he was very quick to 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 bring to light the book policy task team and try to enlighten me on the work that it does, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and and he was saying, and rightfully so, you brought up a point to say, you know, like like everywhere else in the world, uh, mistakes do happen. You know, things do fall through the cracks while you're trying to correct the broader picture or align the broader picture, and I completely. I, I go with that and I completely understand that. Um, but, but then I'm wondering like, you know, whilst we, we are respecting the work, if that's at the essence of respecting the, the creative product mm-hmm. domestically, um, you know, should then departments like this, who are custodians at every level, um, should they not be at the forefront of, of ensuring that things like this don't happen? Because there should have been somebody somewhere. In that provincial department, to said, "Hold on, wait a minute. Why, why is this thing in the photocopying machine?" Mm.
3: Mm. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, 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 think the article from News Twenty Four um, encapsulates, uh, you know, what the departmental spokesman was trying to get across, which is that, um, you know, in in terms of expediency, there might have been some challenges in terms of the procurement process. That's what I I understood from the article. So I'm not a spokesman for the department and I'm not a spokesman for the Northern Cape. But based on the article at News24, there might have been some challenges in terms of procurement. And that's what perhaps led to this. Having said that, I mean, it's not really an excuse because Mm -hmm. as standing here as, you know, as an ex-co-member of the SA Booksellers, we have stores Mm -hmm. in Kimberley right? So mm. we're in the Northern yeah. Cape. We've got members that are at exclusive books. We've got bargain books. We've got a van Skyke that's situated at Prof's old university at all yeah. Plyke. They could have ordered these books in time in mm. order for them to reach the kids so that the kids could read them for this competition.
0: Yeah, yeah. Alright, alright. Yeah. L- let's focus on the copywriting element as well. So where do we stand? So, sorry, I don't know, know if
3: Prof uh, wanted to say something. Yeah, I mean um, I...
1: I You know, I I was saying to them this morning that the guys about three weeks ago, one of their colleagues called me and said and asked me if I had 20 copies of my book. Mm. And they wanted to borrow 20 copies because Mm. they were waiting for the National Department or the National Library to send them copies Mm. and once they get there, they will return 20 copies and I said no I, I actually don't sell my own books mm. because there are there are bookstores and there's a bookstore Value chain. In my yes.
2: house.
1: Yeah. and so so you have to go there and then that was the end of the conversation but had this official said to me that we're in a tight spot mm. is there any way you can help us mm. I was going to call my publisher and say since these books are being procured from you, mm. will you mind sending 20 copies to the Northern Cape mm. when they receive theirs, they will send them back or just deduct 20 copies when you send a larger order?
2: Yeah,
1: And that could have been done in a day, like calling the publisher today and the books arriving yeah. tomorrow.
0: Or but even a happens, delayed but... invoice, because we also understand the red tape of, yeah. of these departments.
1: Yeah. So what happened after the conversation ended? They then went on to to photocopy the book. Yeah. Know, mm. Yeah. Really sad. Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah. So so where By are, the are way, we? the way, guys.
1: My, sorry. My, my my title is not prof. <laughs> oh I'm sorry I'm I'm giving you yeah, appellations. But
0: like, The thing is you know <laughs> Melvin wants to show that he's in the know here prof so you oh, know it... he's <laughs> I'm joking. Um but as mm. as we chase time gentlemen um let, let's yeah. let's get to sort of the understanding of copywriting. because I think also sometimes this is this is conversation that is lost on most South Africans. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we, oh. we don't know. A lot of people, we debate what is right, what is not right, what can be done, what can't be done in this process of ensuring that everybody in the value chain is respected and compensated. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so 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 give us a, a, a quick overview, maybe, Malvin, in terms of copywriting, where it stands in South Africa, and what some what are some of the challenges, especially in the literary world?
3: Um, so so yeah I think uh, well first of all uh, I'm sorry for calling you uh, prof uh, I was I was raised I by by a, uh, yeah. yes <laughs> by a mother who's an academic so anyone that teaches is a, is a lecturer or a professor to me so uh, we've learned a lot from from your work so that's why I'm giving you that Thank you very much. (laughs) Um, In terms of copyright, I mean, the Copyright Act is governed by a couple of things. Um, There's the Copyright Act 98 of 1978, um, which is the sort of the standard document that we use, and then there's a Copyright Amendment Bill, which uh, has been put through to Parliament, went through Parliament, and is now um, back to the NCOP, which has sent it for stakeholder engagement. And within that, um, South Africans basically need to know that anything that they produce culturally, creatively, is theirs. It belongs to them, mm-hmm. and they have the rights to give that to anyone. In in um, Sabata's case, obviously the publisher is the collection agent. So so the mm. publisher produces these books and and markets them and puts them in the bookstores. The bookstores then sell them, and then that's how Sabata gets his his income. What has happened in this case is obviously Sabato has been deprived of his income because yeah. somebody made photocopies mm. of it, and and that's mm. uh, the the unfortunate part. Where um, it, you know if there wasn't an apology, the the course of action would then be to lay a case mm. um, and to go to court and demand, as per the current act, anyone whose copyright has been infringed can go to court. They can go to the police. They can get a case and go to court and sue for damages. Mm. Um, they yeah. can even actually impound the photocopier. Believe it or yeah. not, they can they can get the yeah. photocopier machine uh, that that did the photocopies. Practically, what this means and why the book policy test team is actually in place is to actually modernise those kinds of interventions and to create more awareness of what is possible. Because, let's be honest, we we I mean, the law talks about finding your stuff that's been um, infringed on on the internet. Mm. How many of our people that have written works Mm -hmm. are now so old that the internet is a foreign thing to them? Worse yet, I mean, the Wi-Fi doesn't reach Google guys. Mm. Wi-Fi doesn't reach Nyanga. Mm -hmm. Wi-Fi doesn't reach certain places where those authors are. So I think there needs to be a balance now in terms of bringing that home to the actual people that are affected, the authors that are affected, instead of relying on the Googles and and these big tech companies that have a lot to gain when the copyright amendment bill that's being proposed now would go through, um, we actually need to look after our people and make sure that they don't die as paupers, mm. because that happens even mm. with music. We know the story where somebody writes mm. a great song mm. and mm. then. 20 years, 50 years later, they die penniless because mm. their copyright has been infringed on and they didn't know how to go about it. Yeah. So, so the, mm-hmm. the new uh, Amendment Act actually, uh, the, the Amendment Bill actually talks about collection agencies. So these are agencies that would be registered with Cipro, which is, as you know, if mm-hmm. you're registering a company, you, you go through Cipro, they'll be validated and accredited and thereafter are able then to collect on behalf of various people. That could even be like traditional groups because we have unique cultures um, that mm-hmm. that only exist mm-hmm. in South Africa. You will not find Kosa, uh, you know, culture anywhere else. And yet we're seeing now Makosa on, you know, BMWs inside the interior of BMWs. Yeah, and mm-hmm. there there are those agencies that actually would be collecting on their behalf.
0: I got you. Listen, gentlemen, I think this was just a a beginnings of a conversation. We just thought let's yeah. let's give this. A bigger voice um, so that next time it doesn't fall through the cracks, next time somebody next to the photocopy machine asks mm-hmm. the right questions. <laughs> um, prof, I mean I guess all apologies yeah. have been extended to you by the rightful people and I'm pretty sure yeah, you're yeah. going to work it out in the back end. Unfortunately, we've run out of time this evening, yeah. but we will keep a keen eye on this and see you know, what kind of developments come from this um, because it's not just you, it has happened uh, to Mohali as well. So clearly, somewhere along the line, someone was being reckless um, and maybe we'll uh, ask you gentlemen to come back on a different conversation with uh, DAC and see what they have to say on the matter it is the art of everything